0: Are, I'm thankful for this family, you know, we have a great family here, coming to church, we see you, and I also see you when I go to the malls, you know, it's so interesting, here we see, and I walk to the malls and I say, hi, hi, you know, sometimes I do not know your name, but I recognize your face, say, hi, hi, and then, yeah, because my family, this family is out shopping there, <laughs> whether it's Paradigm or... Uh, one new you, or I seldom go to Mid Valley, yes, or Tropicana. These are the areas where I will go to and I see many of you there. So thank you for this family. You belong to each other and let's continue to encourage one another. My topic today is taking up my responsibility. But here as a church, we also take up our responsibility. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. God, for each one here today, we thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I pray, dear God, that the Holy Spirit will put the Word of God in our hearts, Lord. That it make it real in our lives, dear God. As we read the Word, as we hear the Word, oh God, we want to be doers of God's Word. And so we commit each one of us into your hands. Anoint me as your speaker. Lord, thank you for this message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to use the Apostle Peter his life, his ministry for my sermon today. And Peter's story is real. It's a real life. Peter can be you. Peter can be me. It's a story that involves calling. It's a story that involves discouragement, fears, denial, anguish, and renewal. Peter's story is our story a story of grace, of love, of restoration, of service. And of course, ultimately, it is a story of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Peter was a Galilean fisherman, brother of Andrew, married. And Peter was perhaps the first disciple that Jesus called with his brother Andrew. And in 1 John, uh, John chapter 1, after Andrew tells Simon that he found the Messiah, Andrew brings Peter to Jesus. And Jesus sees Simon and renames him Peter. Originally, his name was Simon, which means now he gives him the new name, Peter, which means rock. And Simon Peter is called again in uh, Luke chapter 5. There Jesus calls him and says, You will be a fisher of men. Jesus also has a big mouth. But you know, a big, he's a big man. He's also got a big mouth. Peter has said that Jesus, he confessed, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the one that we have been waiting for. But it was also Peter who took Jesus aside and rebuked him when Jesus said that he was going to die for men. You cannot die. And rebuked Jesus. And the same thing that night that Jesus was betrayed, Peter's mouth again opened and said, I do not know Him. No, I do not know Him. I swear I do not know Him. Not once, not twice, not three times. So from Peter's life as an example, we can learn as believers that we have a responsibility before our God. And are we taking up Our responsibility that the Lord has given to us. When God reveals, listen to Him. When God reveals, listen to Him. Jesus had already predicted that Peter would deny him. In verse 31, Matthew chapter 26, verse 31, it says, This very night, is there verses here? This very night, you will fall away on account of me. This very night, you all will fall away on account of me. But let's see what Peter said. He said, even if all others fall away, I will never. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. This very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter again declared, "Even if I have to die for you, I will never disown you." already predicted, Jesus had revealed to Peter that he would deny or disown him. Of course, the first denial came. in Luke chapter 22: 54 to 57. When Peter was sitting down, warming himself at the fires, because Jesus has been arrested already, brought before the high priest, and he was following a distance behind, and he was warming himself, seeing what's happening. And then a the servant girl said, seated, saw him seated at the fireside and said, hey, you, this man was with him. The thing was with Jesus. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him. The second denial Happened in verse 58. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not, he replied. The third denial before a number of people is very emphatic. I want to use Matthew now for the third. You know, all Gospels, all the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John records the denial of Jesus. And he says here, then when, when someone said that you, you are one of them, your accent has given you away, he says, he began to call curses down on himself, say, I don't know him, I don't know this man, Sweat. He sweared on it that he did not know this man. And the Bible says, immediately the roaster crowed. And he remembered what Jesus said. Before the roaster crowed, you will have this me three times. And he wept out, he went out, ran out, and he wept bitterly. Luke also, in the last denial, added this portion that some of the versions didn't have. He says, man, I do not know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And then the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Worst thing, isn't it? The God, the Master and Lord, hearing you, swearing and cursing and saying, I do not know you. Contrast what he said earlier. All will fall away not me. Even if I die for you, I will not forsake you. But now, the same strength, the same way, vehemently crying out that I do not know you. I do not know him. Same. What happened? Peter denied Jesus three times. Peter, the brave, the bold, who claimed that he would die for Jesus, saying that he doesn't know Jesus. Some of us would say, yes, he's a failure. He's a coward. Why did Peter deny Jesus? And all of us would say, yeah, because he's fearful. Look at what was happening to Jesus. Of course, he did not. But if he also cannot, the same thing. Yes, Probably he's also very weak at that time. Weak, not able to stand up to say, I know this man. I followed him. But more important question for us today is this When Jesus revealed to Peter that he will deny the Lord, why did Peter not believe Jesus? Right? Jesus said, You will deny me. Three times. Why did he not say, "God, help me"? What, what, what have I got to do? His response was not what it should be. He responded, "I, I will never." But actually, his response should be, "Lord, so what should I do? Help me. Help each one of us." His overconfidence of his will, remember, I said, "I will not, I will not," of himself, his ability, his strength. That's why he answered that way. Overconfidence. When God reveals His word, His plans, His desires, His will, His warning to you, what is our response? Are we listening? Will we listen to Jesus? Or it becomes like this, I hear it, but you know, it's, this might not apply to me. So God always speaks to us. I thank God that God is a God who speaks. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And Jeremiah 33 actually is a verse that we can truly be encouraged. Call unto me and I will answer you. And not only that, I will answer you. You say, I will tell you great and hidden things or mighty things that you have not known. That means God speaks to us. God tells us things. Isn't that a powerful, wonderful, awesome thought that He speaks? And every day God speaks to us. It's whether we take time to listen to Him. When God reveals to you, do we listen to Him? Are we prepared to listen? God reveals to, his, uh, to us through the Holy Spirit, to His Word. As we read the Word of God, are we listening to Him? When the Word of God is preached in the Sunday or whatever, in a cell group, are we listening to the Word of God? Do we listen? Do we, are we willing to obey? Now, listening and hearing, they always tell you that's a different, right? Hearing is when I, you call your children, come, come, take out the rubbish, and they heard you, but did they take out the rubbish? No. <laughs> Sometimes no, because they heard you, but it didn't register. It didn't say, take out the rubbish. Means, take out the rubbish. But they didn't hear. I remember I told you I was sick, and I was in hospital. And uh, I remember the doctor, the gastro expert. Huh? He was standing there and he was telling me I had to do the endoscopy the and the endoscopy both. And he, he was telling me the procedure. And you tell, tell him, I was listening. I was not, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh. No, I was attentively. Attent- attentively. Okay, so I need to drink. You mean these two bottles? Uh, One first hour, and after that, another one, two hours, okay. Then uh, uh, I have to clear the bowels, yeah. And after that, next day, you must also do the same. You must make sure everything's clear. And I'm going to do And he told me the procedures. And after, when you're in the theater, when you're doing the endoscopy, you were da-da-da-da. And I was listening because I want to get it right. Paying attention, Listening. Okay, listening to obey, listening to do. So this is the listening that we are talking about. Do we listen? Do we? Uh, yes, God. Wait, as we read over there, yeah, this is the thing. Okay, God. Hmm, listen with attention. God speaks, so let us listen. Are we prepared also to let God speak? As we listen, we prepared. There's no other. There's a lot of slides. Can you go on? Yeah, all this there. You just follow me. Yeah, there's all the sites. These are all the verses. Now go on to the lessons, right? I'll just carry on. I'm, uh, okay, God is the God who speaks. Be prepared to God, for God to speak to you honestly. Yes, you might not like what God speaks, but God is a God who does not condemn. I thank God He doesn't condemn us. But He will speak the truth to us. Things we need to give up, things we need to obey. As like he revealed to Simon Peter, God speaks. Are we prepared for God to speak to us on the, honestly? And don't overestimate or underestimate our strength. Let, look at Peter. He thought he was super strong. No, I will never let you down. I will never de- deny you. But guess what happened? Yes, we do not overestimate. Yes, the Word of God says this. I need to be aware. But. I'm okay la, There's nothing wrong. I can face it, la. you know, I won't fall. Be careful. The Bible says, be vigilant, always on God. First Corinthians 10:12 says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he falls. I know what the Bible says again, I but I know what the Bible says, but da 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 and we are not listening. It shows us we are not listening. We're not taking heed. We think we know ourselves better and we play with fire and that's when the temptations come and many fall away because they take heed, the Bible says. But sometimes we underestimate ourselves. And I think many of us Christians do, right? We say, God, I I don't think I can. When I received the call to go into full-time ministry, you know, to go. And I I felt that I, I was only about young 20s, 23, 22, 23 and I said, how? I'm, I, you know, I'm not able, I'm not spiritual enough. But I was willing. I said, God, you help me. And I went to full time. And it's been the grace of the Lord. Honestly, it's been the grace and strength of the Lord all these years is in ministry. If not, I would on my own strength, I would never. If You ask me that I'll be speaking here in front of you, preaching to you. I said, huh? Crazy. But it's God when He calls us. Don't underestimate what God can do for us and in us. Influence those around us. So be willing. Don't underestimate. The Bible says, First Peter, you know, uh, Peter wrote First Peter and 2 Peter. That was the impact of his life. He was changed. He also wrote 1 and 2 Peter. And in 1 Peter 2 9, he says, This is what Peter says You are not like that. Earlier, uh, whatever the verses, for you are a chosen people. You are a Royal priests, you are a holy nation. You are God's very own possession. So as a result of who you are, so don't underestimate what God says of you But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, God's very own possession. And as a, as a result, you need to show others the goodness of God for He called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. So live good lives. He says, among the pre-believers, the non-believers, to give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So don't underestimate what you can do for God. Because God is the one who works through us that His name will be glorified. And that's why it's be willing to listen and obey. Because when you listen, when you obey God, that's the best place you will ever be. Next is, when God restores, love Him. When God reveals, give Him your ears. Listen. So we're talking about, root down, read the Word of God, see what God speaks to you. When on sermon time, God, I want to listen intently. And then in cell group, what can we learn? There are times, there are many times of our learning from the Lord, from one another as we share. When God restores, love Him. As I said, all four gospels record Peter's denial of Jesus. The three gospels, Matthew, they are called synoptic. Let's learn something. Synoptic gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's three, without not counting John. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke. All of them said that Peter went out and wept bitterly. He was bawling away after his denial of Jesus. But only John, in this passage, John chapter 21, records the restoration. It resta- it's a very unique restoration of Peter. Now can you imagine if you were Peter? What would you feel? Jesus looked at him. I guess, what type of look? could be sadness. But I don't think it's an angry type of look. Huh? What looks like, angrily is, how can you do such thing? We, we might be. I tell you, if anyone talk bad about you, I can see how your face will look. <laughs> right not? True? Because we, generally, anything that's bad about us, we will, how can you, our anger will rise up. But Jesus, let's learn from Jesus how he responded. I mean, it was a look, I believe, of Sadness maybe, disappointing. But you know, even from the restoration that Jesus is not one who went out of anger against his people, his disciples. So move forward now three days. This was the darkest time for Peter. Denying his Lord and not knowing what happened and seeing his Lord crucified, it was the darkest time and was feeling so much guilt and shame. And come Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday, the women had gone to the tomb. They said, "Jesus has risen." When he came back, they said, "Hey, Jesus' body is not there. Jesus has risen." The angels told us, "It's not that he's risen. He's not here." And did they believe? Luke chapter twenty-four. Uh, okay, they this one. Luke twenty four tells us they did not believe the women. They did not believe. They said, "Oh, these are nonsense." But Peter, however, he says Peter, however, got up and he ran to the tomb, and he bent over. He saw the strips of linen lying by himself. He went a ring. I wonder what happened. Where's my Lord? What happened? What would Peter be feeling at this time? He had failed, he ran, ran from the cloud. He did not stand up to acknowledge Jesus, denied even knowing him. He couldn't say even his master's name. That's why he was the first one to run to the tomb. He needed to see whether Jesus was alive. And perhaps, God, Jesus could forgive him. God, Jesus could restore him. It needed that restoration, that forgiveness. So the woman who went to the tomb delivered Jesus' message. She said, Peter, uh, in Mark chapter 16, but you go, tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. And you know, if you were Peter, you say, huh? What did he say? He said, tell the disciples and Peter, he's, he's mentioned my name? He mentioned me, singled me out, and said, Peter? Yes, he mentioned Peter. He said, Go, go, and uh, he will go ahead of you in Galilee. Why? Why did Pete, God, why did Jesus use my name, Peter? Why did he single me up? Is he, am I part of the team? Am I still going to be in this ministry? Is he angry at me? Is he going to say, You're fired? And I believe, you know, that apprehension. But anyway, they went. They went to Galilee. But it seemed Jesus wasn't there to meet them straight away. And perhaps Peter was a bit tired of waiting and waiting. Maybe he said maybe Jesus might not come. Jesus might not come. And at the moment it feels that he's not coming. Where is he? And so Peter says, I'm going out to fish. I'm going fishing. I'm going out to fish. And the other says, yeah, 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 we'll follow you. And again, it happens. When we went back fishing, first night back on the, on the waters, they caught nothing. History repeats itself, right? You remember the time when he was trying to catch? And the first time Jesus taught them to throw the, the nets out and they caught many fishes. He worked an entire night, nothing to show for it. And he already felt a failure. Already a failure as a disciple. Now a failure as a fisherman. Someone says, good thing God called him to be an apostle. He's not a good fisherman. <laughs> every time can't catch fish. And Suddenly a voice calls out. Says, friends, have you caught any fish? Throw your net on the other side and you will find some. They didn't recognize Jesus. Sometime, somehow uh, in his glorified body, they didn't recognize him. And so Peter and, the, and others, they did that. They threw the net. It was about three years ago, right? The same thing happened. But not the difference. This time, there was no talking back. There was no question. The first time that it happened, you know, when Jesus asked them to throw out the net, Peter was the one saying. You know, I'm the fisherman. I'm the expert. We have worked all night. We haven't caught anything. You are the rabbi, but we are the expert. But, never mind, never mind, never mind. But, because you said so, we will let down our nets. But this time, a humble Peter just threw up the nets and tossed them on the other side. And there was so much cash of fish. And then, John Figure it out. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. And wow, Peter is back to his impulsive self. He put on his cloak and he jumped into the waters to swim to shore. What happens? They had breakfast with Jesus. Peter was rushing to meet Jesus. He needed that restoration. He needed that graciousness of God. Probably if you and I were the Lord, with our humanity, we would say, you know, why? Why you denied me? But you know, in the, in the breakfast time, in John chapter 21, seemingly everyone was quiet. They knew it was Jesus, but nobody really talked much. And I guess, hmm, Peter was saying, I wonder what Jesus would say. Is going to ask me why I denied him? Is he going to chastise me? Is going to discipline me? What is he going to say? And it's so amazing how Jesus restored Peter. The question is, do you love me more than this? And that's what he said after the quietness, the silence, when Peter was. What is he going to say? He said. Do you love me more than this? You know, in the Greek, it's hard to understand what do you really, really mean. Of course, the idea is loving, but more than this. I'm talking about more than this. What it means, more than this? Do you love me more than these disciples? That you love more than these disciples? Right, you can say. Or do you love me more than these other disciples love me? It seems that Peter was saying that when he said that I will not forsake you, I will not, this, you know, maybe they don't love you so much, but I I love you, I will not deny you. You mean that, right? You mean that? That now he's, uh he's not going to, you know, be so overconfident. Yes, I love you more than all these things. All these people. And uh, maybe the third one, do you love me? More than this, meaning the fishes, meaning his fishing business and all those things that he had, his comfort zone, that one he ran back to when he was in this shame and guilt. But the main thing is, is there something that we have put ahead of Jesus? There's something that is more important in our lives than Jesus, than God himself. And if you search your hearts, as many times say, God, I recognize I've put my job ahead of you. I've put my family ahead of you. I've put my children ahead of you. I've put my money, making money ahead of you. And same question. When God restores you, second point is love Him. When God restores you, love Him. And that's the main key, actually. Isn't it in restoration? It's about restoration to God, to relationship. There was a dialogue. Let's go to the dialogue between Jesus and, and Peter. Okay, it is very interesting. There are two in English. Love is the same, right? We say, I love you. You say to your wife, I love you. Then the wife will say, I love you. But here, let's say there are two words there. The uh, Greek words are different, so Jesus asked, "Do you akapa o me?" Meaning, right? Do you? This is a word akape. Oh yeah, this is a verb form of akape, which is unconditional love. So, do you akapa o me? And Peter replied, "I filio you. He's saying that I filio is like a brotherly love, a friendship that. So, I if some people might uh interpreted as I like you I like you but in the NIV version the first word they 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 uh, interpreted is do you truly love me and Peter said I love you okay so it's a different the truly love me and Peter said I I, I love you and Jesus asked second time do you akapao me and Peter says I feel you I brotherly love I love I like you Then Jesus asked, this time Jesus used used his own words. Say, do you follow me? So he's using Peter's words. Hey, do you follow me? And Peter replied, I follow you. Now he has come to a point that he is honest with God. God, Jesus, I, I might not love you as much as I want to. I'm honest. And it's okay to be honest with God. okay to be honest with God. There are times that you, your condition of your spiritual life might not be as what it should be. It's okay to be honest with God. Say, God, I'm not doing okay spiritually. He wants our honesty and here you see Jesus. Then yes, He condescended to what Peter was able to give. That is his level. I feel you. Yes, do you really feel me? That's why he was sad. Peter was sad. He said, God, Jesus, even I said it, you know, and you still ask, third time. But what Peter says was great. He says, Lord, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. And now it's come to the fact that yes, God, i I. You know, when earlier, when Jesus said he would deny him, said no, no, no. I don't believe. I can't. He has said, God, you know all things. You know I love you. Has come to be an honest and humble. Has transformed through that denial and in this restoration time. So no matter how gross our sin, no matter how much we have done against the Lord, Jesus is willing to forgive us. Don't let guilt in our life turn us away from our faith. Don't let guilt in our life pull us down from living that victorious life. Guilt has many times destroyed Christians. Feeling guilty, I, I I'm, you know, doing something wrong and we felt guilty and we cannot even worship the Lord. Just come before Him, say, God, I acknowledge, I'm honest about my spiritual condition. Forgive me, help me. No matter how gross our sins, Jesus is willing to forgive. And He wants us to be restored. When we are to be restored, let's be honest, let's be humble before the Lord. Telling Him, God, I admit, I admit my relationship with You is not what it should be. Instead of just ignoring it and thinking that everything is okay. People who come to church, don't think they're all okay. Maybe just come. We can be so far away because we're angry with God. Because of a sickness. Well, something happened. we are angry with God but we still come. And seemingly we still smile but inside we are dried up. We are cold in our faith. We are cold towards God. It's okay to admit, God, you know, Like Peter says, God, you know everything. You know me. And don't remain in that. Be honest. And now, God, you restore. Lord, you know all things. You help me. And again, it is about relationship. Relationship. Love God. Love God. Many times I also tell God, I'm sorry. I'm not in that that area where I can love you with all my heart, I'm sorry, I need to, I know, I seems to be far away, and I come to God and acknowledge it, and God, wow, you know, there's such a love relationship, there's such a presence of God when you are honest before the Lord, and He restores us. He restores us. It is a relationship. It's a relationship. Because of my relationship, I will want to do what is right I will want to please my God. Not because it says so. It says so because of, you know, I have to. But it's a relationship. Lastly, when God recommissions, follow him. When God recommissions, follow him. So after Peter's answer, Jesus gave him a new purpose. Jesus gave him a very crucial ministry. He said, feed my land feed my sheep, tend my lambs. And if I were to go into all these three, because he said it three times, right? An answer, first answer, feed my lambs. The second answer, take care of my sheep. The third one, feed my sheep. It's different ways in the area of pastoring, right? Taking care of our, our sheep, uh, nurturing them, taking tender, tender living care towards them. And also it talks about uh, you know, pastoral oversight into their, into their lives and then also guiding them and then also talks about feeding them the Word of God. And the, and the main thing is that they will be spiritually matured people. And so we as pastors have a role to play. You as cell leaders have a role to play to tender, tend your sheep, to pastor your, your sheep. And, and actually, truly, the cell leaders the cell leaders are all pastors to the sheep too. Tend my sheep, and in, in, in after that in June uh, in, John, in John. After telling him that tending my sheep, taking care of my sheep, he says, "Follow me, follow me." Can I have the verse? I would like to just read that verse. John, John, chapter twenty-one. Do you love me? Yes. Go on. Feed my lambs. Again, Simon, son of John, do you love me? You know that I love you. Take care of my sheep. Third time, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt. Okay, next verse, 18. Feed my sheep. Very truly. And Then he talks about his death. Okay, and then next, next verse, 19. Ta-da, okay, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And Jesus revealed to him that he's going to die for him. Then he said to him, follow me. Follow me. And this is what he said actually three years earlier. Follow me, I will make you fisher of men. What a complete restoration of Peter. The three things, the three denials, followed by the three affirmations, do you love me? Followed by the three charged, hey, Feed my lambs. And concluding it, you follow me. And that's the wonderful, beautiful restoration. Jesus, that process of the healing and giving back, that commissioning, recommissioning Peter again to follow Him. And that's what discipleship is. That's what Christians are to do. Discipleship is following Christ. Following Christ. Are we following Him? When God calls us, when God calls us, when God forgives us, God restores us. We All of us have that, you know, we are in a mess and so on in our lives. He restores us. He also commissions us. It's not just about, oh, thank you for your forgiveness. Okay, I'm restored, I'm healed. But we have the third part. We are commissioned. All of us are commissioned to serve Him, to be, to send out ones to be in His ministry, to do something with our lives that will impact people, that we might bring glory to His name by our good works. That is the complete. You know, as a believer, we need also to be commissioned. And so therefore, we commission you, glad tithing members. If you are glad tithing members, we commission you the ministry of the Lord, the Lord has for you today. All of us have different gifts. All of us are commissioned to serve the Lord.